Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. to the Chronicles of Nannia, a nanny resource podcast made for nannies by me, a nanny. This is your host, Martha Tyler, and this week we're talking all about the Nanny Relief Fund. And to do that, I have brought back on Rachel Lubin. Hello, Rachel. Hi, Martha. Thanks for having me again. I'm so excited to have you again. Um, I got a message from you on Facebook Messenger about some exciting things that are happening in the nanny relief fund. And I was just like, we, I, you have to tell everyone because, uh, we got to get the word out about this. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. It's been like two years since I've been on your podcast and obviously the world has changed a lot since then, as has the nannying community and our little nonprofit. That's not so little anymore. So thank you so much for having us back. And um, I'm excited to talk to you this afternoon. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you too. Um, Before we get started talking specifically about the Nanny Relief Fund and the exciting things that are happening there and the growth over the past two years, which is very exciting. um, Let's hear your like nanny journey story. I think they're always so fun. Sure. Well, I um, didn't go to college for Um, anything child related. Uh, After high school, I went to college, um, probably as an escape (laughs) from just a very intense high school experience. And I didn't know what I wanted to study. And after a few years, I realized I wanted to study geography. So that is not at all child related. Uh, And then I got my degree in geography and uh, worked for um, a nonprofit, actually, Funnily enough, my first job out of college was for Big Brothers Big Sisters, so it was a child-related nonprofit. Funny how life kind of comes full circle. Um, And but I was in a desk job for about a year, and that was not it for me. So I needed another kind of wild, crazy adventure, and I uh, taught English in China for uh, college freshmen for a year and a half, and it was really fun and really very. I just learned so much, right? Living in a a country like China, that's so different. I learned a lot about myself and a lot about the world, but it was not a long-term job. So I came back, I went to the English nanny and governess school because they didn't have a lot of nannying experience. And I wanted at least education to kind of build my resume. And then I started nannying and I've been doing it for about a decade. I've worked a lot with families going through what I call major life transitions, either they're moving across the country or they're adding a new baby into a family that has like older kids, just some sort of major uprooting kind of life stuff. Um, And there's a lot of uh, sensitivity that needs to be had with these families. And that's kind of what I've created my career around. Um, For the past three and a half years, I worked for one family in Houston. So it feels like my life has kind of settled down too. That's so lovely. And yeah, I love when those types of like specializations, um, kind of, you know, like you maybe are seeking them out to some extent, but sometimes they, they really find you. Oh, for sure. Once you have your like foot in the door of a certain sort of specialization within nannying, people definitely seek that out or your friends know and are happy to recommend you to a family that they know is in that circumstance or needs your specialty. So it definitely, once you get a few jobs, kind of of the same theme, like that's just your little niche. Yep. Yep. For me, when I started out, it was, um, kids with allergies. Cause I have allergies. So I, I made the joke that my master's in education <laughs> got me fewer jobs than just being born with an allergy. Um, fascinating, but kids yeah. with allergies, that's like everywhere now. And it's so needed. And even in job descriptions now you'll see like 
needs to be allergy friendly or have a working knowledge of um, celiac or whatever autoimmune disorder. So that's, that's so common now too. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, but yeah, I think that that's really, really such a wonderful journey. And, um, and I also love that you have been able to kind of, you know, in the past three years, you've kind of settled down when the world around us is shifting so much. Right. So I love that kind of juxtaposition of you have somewhat settled down and stuck with one family and the world has been in turmoil and lots of change going on around us. I think that's a really lovely thing. Yeah. I think it really stuck with me when we were first starting annual relief fund, how lucky I was to have such a stable job that I knew was not in any position to be taken away from me that, you know, I wouldn't, I would become redundant or their family wouldn't need me. Um, It definitely hit me then when I was seeing how many nannies at the beginning of the pandemic were just so easily um, losing their jobs, seemed to be replaceable or the family didn't need them or whatever it was. I just realized how lucky it was to be in in a stable position, which I really hadn't been ever in my career before. So you're right. It it is kind of this um, lovely, lucky even, maybe lucky is the right word, Mm -hmm. um, situation that I found myself in. Yeah. So talking more about, you know, as you all began to start the nanny relief fund, what were you, you know, noticing that was happening that, um, was this need that you all were working to fill at the beginning? Sure. Well, at the beginning, I think that was the first time I came on, um, the Chronicles of Nania was a little over two years ago. And we were sort of doing our first round of fundraising, just trying to get this nonprofit off the ground. And what we saw then was a lot of nannies losing their job very quickly. It seemed like between March 1st, 2020 and March 30th, 2020, it was like a third of nannies that I knew either had their job put on hold, were sort of told to go home for those two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, or their job was just eliminated and they were immediately trying to figure out um, how to get some sort of government assistance um, so they could pay their bills. And a lot of nannies were very quickly realizing that they had very little savings, um, that any sort of assistance they were getting was not going to cut it. And they were stuck. And it was really painful for me, again, who was in a pretty safe position with my job to see that that was, um, such a recurring theme in our industry. And I was trying to, sort of at a very micro scale, figure out how we could help each other. You know, if you still have your job, can you help this person? Um, Can you give $20 to this person so they can keep their lights on? And uh, I had a a few people in the industry come to me and say, this is is not enough. We're never going to be able to help people this way, like help enough people this way. We really have to scale this and make it a true nonprofit, a true organization that can raise a lot more money quicker so we can help these people faster because we knew within a few months um, that people were going to start potentially being kicked out of their apartments or not being able to pay utilities or, um, you know, it was just, this was all during the beginning crazy turmoil of the pandemic and we didn't know what was going to happen. We had no idea how long this was going to last or how bad it was going to get or how many people were going to die. And um, so that's kind of how it started out of just a necessity to help people and a feeling that everything was out of control. And the only thing we could control was what we were doing at an individual level. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I, I would love to hear how, you know, like where did it go from there as it as it grew and kind of, you know, took on this, this force, um, how did, how did it grow into what it is now? Sure. So that first few weeks where we really did a big fundraising push, um, we, the nanny community absolutely showed out both like, um, payroll companies and nanny agencies and mostly nannies themselves who are still working or had a little bit to share Uh, helped us raise about $60,000 very quickly, which is a huge number. 
um, absolutely not lost on us, just amazing. And then uh, the course of that rest of that year, 2020, we ended the year at about the $80,000 mark, uh, maybe just over that actually. And we were able to give out two rounds of grants, one in June of 2020. So as quickly as we could, as quickly as we got that money, we found software to help us organize our grant application and um, some like kind of articles of incorporation for the nonprofit, all this kind of behind the scenes stuff. And we got out about $40,000 worth of grants in June and then about another $40,000 worth of grants in December. And um, so we felt really good about that work. And then of course came all of these waves of the pandemic where people were getting back to work and things were looking better and then things would um, kind of tighten up and shut down again or um, people are encouraged to maybe stay home. And it just sort of got really weird for our industry where people are working in other people's homes and working around children and people were, a lot of nannies still had a lot of, unex there was still this unease and, and you didn't really know what to expect uh, that was happening. Right. So we continued to raise money in 2021, but because things would get better and worse and get, get better and worse, nannies were, and the whole industry just kind of didn't know what to do. And we took a little bit of a step back and a, pa a pause ourselves, especially our, um, our nanny agency board members who were getting their businesses back on track after a year of um, nothingness, basically. And we continued to raise money in 2021, but weren't able to give out any grants. And we realized at the end of 2021 that we weren't uh, in working within our mission to give direct relief to nannies in need. And we absolutely needed to raise enough money to open up for another round of grants because even if I have a great job and even if you have a great job, there are plenty of nannies out there that are still um, having negative uh, reactions to even two years ago, right? People who are still trying to pay off credit cards that they racked up because that was all they could do to pay their bills. And as the pandemic goes from sort of a pandemic to endemic and we don't, people are still going to get sick and people are still going to, this is still gonna go on. Um, we realized that there will still always be a need with our, our industry for this nonprofit. It may not be COVID related anymore. We're going to pivot so we can be a little bit more available to regular emergencies, um, whether it be like a medical emergency or a live-in nanny gets fired and has to leave way quicker than her contract says that she's going to have to leave. You know, some nannies end up having to leave within like 24 hours and they don't know where to go. Uh, there are always going to be emergencies in our industry. And because we're typically an underpaid, undernoticed, kind of live in the shadows kind of industry, it's really important that we be there for each other. So we are hoping to open up another round of grants for people who are, are still needing help. Uh, and we, we know that people are still needing help. We get emails all the time that say, hey, I have this big medical bill. Can you help me? And unfortunately, we just can't open up the round of grants until we have a certain amount of money in the bank because it costs money to run the software. It costs money to, um, to sort of deal with uh, the systems that get out the money like PayPal, et cetera. So we, we have to have a threshold of money to be able to make it financially viable to give out these grants. So that's what we're doing now is just sort of bringing in a bunch of money and hopefully we're going to be able to give it out to nannies in need quite quickly. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I, I wouldn't have like known that, you know, that speaking of the behind the scenes kind of thing of our whole job, they're also in this nonprofit, there's a lot of behind the scenes work that goes into it because it does seem like it's like, okay, I give $20 and that $20 just goes to a nanny, but there's so many steps in between that, that have to happen. Um, that I, I really appreciate you taking time to kind of explain that pipeline. Yeah, absolutely. I think it is something that even I was just talking to a nanny online today and they're like, I don't understand how the process works. And that's absolutely fair and completely on us to um, pro provide better information to our donors and to the public. Uh, even though we know exactly how it works, it, it makes sense that other people don't know, but we have to um, hire a software company that costs money to 
um, handle the grant applications because when our volunteers read the applications for grants and there's kind of a, a bit of a, squaring is the wrong word, but a bit of a, like a number system that figures out the most need versus the least need. Um, in order to do that without having people's names and locations, we have to have a software that sort of eliminates the names, the locations. So all we see is the data and um, the like sort of summaries and essays of why they need help assistance. And so that costs money to have software, right? Um, we have to coordinate volunteers. That doesn't cost money, but it, it takes some time. And our volunteers also have to make sure they have NDAs. So they're not, you know, giving out, they're not telling people's stories um, without, you know, some sort of authentication of them. Um, and just, there's a bunch of steps kind of behind the scenes that, that we have to go through. We still two years later are working on getting 501c3 status. We never thought it would take this long, unfortunately the government also sort of went through this pandemic with us and is slow and little nonprofit applications are not at the top of their to-do list. So we still are, you know, having to, we went from pro bono attorney to pro bono attorney. And finally are like, we have to actually pay an attorney to help get us 501c3 status. Um, and that costs a little bit of money too, even though everyone we work with tries to cut us the best deal that they can. So, um, but one thing I did last fall is I went to Charity Navigator, which is like one of the websites that rates uh, nonprofits and charities. And Charity Navigator says that if your costs to run your organization are under 20%, you're considered like the elite, the elite organizations, the elite nonprofits. And as of about October of last year, our operational costs were 6.5%, which would make us like, among the, the top extreme, you know, have the best practices kind of nonprofit. Um, wow. So we were extremely proud about that when we saw that. So we're, we're just really happy that, that we can have those kind of numbers and we can make the sacrifices on our end and have the contacts among board members so that we can keep our operating costs extremely low, which means the vast majority of money that we take in sits in our bank account until we are ready to open up grants and then it just goes right back out into the community. Yeah. Wow. That's, that is amazing. And like, yeah, nannies get things done <laughs> in this really lovely creative um, way of like, yeah, low cost and just getting it done. I love that. Yeah. We were, we're pretty proud of ourselves. <laughs> I mean, as we should be, but we're also like yeah. super proud of the nanny community for, for just believing in us and also understanding that it's such a need. Cause I think most nannies out there have had a sticky situation at some point. Um, either they've left a job or um, been fired from a job with, you know, where they weren't expecting it. It wasn't something they could have planned for. And a lot of nannies, just like a lot of people in the United States live month to month, live paycheck mm -hmm. to paycheck. And when that happens, um, an unexpected cost or an unexpected situation like a pandemic or like a job loss, it just completely uproots your entire life. And it's really scary. And I think that 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 fear, that unknowing what's going to happen next is a, a feeling that we can all relate to, which I think was one of the reasons why it was so easy for nannies, especially at the beginning and nanny agencies and other people in our industry to be like, absolutely, this is um, one of the messages we got from an any agency owner was this has been needed for a really long time. And the fact that it's starting now is just a blessing that everyone is sort of in this pandemic game together, but it's been needed for so long. And we just, we agreed, like it's something like this had been needed for a really long time. So we're really happy to still be here two years later, um, and still be raising money so we can give it out again. And we've brought on some new board members. So we have a little bit more diversity among thought and locations and experiences. So we can be even more collaborative with the entire nanny community. Yes, yes. And it is like our industry is so particular in that, like you literally can't do your job um, if you're not 
physically able to, you know, lift a child or run after a child or be up on your feet, or there's just so many things that, or get to your job, you know, like with gas prices, sometimes it's like just even getting there can be, you know, a barrier. Um, and I do, I completely agree that it, so many nannies, um, really wonderful nannies are just like right on that edge, you know, of, of needing an emergency fund and it's at no fault to them, you know, like it just is what it is and it's systematic and it's awful. And I'm so grateful that you all are starting this because that nanny agency um, owner is absolutely right. Like it's been needed for, for a really, really long time. Um, and unlike, you know, teachers or healthcare workers who work under this, you know, more, this big umbrella that has money set aside to cover for emergencies like this. Um, nannies often, you know, the families are paying you and they're paying you for childcare. And if you can't provide the childcare, even the most kind, well-meaning family literally can't support you through, you know, a medical emergency for a long time or something like that. So it's, it is, it's a really tricky situation of even when everyone has like the best intent, which is not always the case, but even when everyone does have the best intent, it can still go really wrong really quickly. Yes. I, I, like I said, I think there's very few nannies out there who haven't in some way experienced that or been touched by that, no matter how well you manage your money no matter how well you get paid, no matter what kind of really lovely, generous families you've worked for, most of us at one point have been like, oh my goodness, like I just stepped off that sidewalk wrong. If, if, if the worst would have happened and I would have broken my ankle or my elbow or my arm, like I, I don't know if I would have made it the four months of not working and going through therapy and medical bills. And, you know, most of us would say like, that is a really scary thought. Uh, so you know, if we can do just a little, if we can provide just a little bit of relief to those people or to our community, or to know that there is an organization that is uh, right there, sort of ready and waiting to to help if we can and when we can, then, then I think hopefully we provide just a little bit of peace of mind. Yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, I, I just... I'm blown away by, by this idea. And then also the carry through of it. I just, it is so needed and, um, so worthwhile to be a part of. And a question that I get asked, um, I would say almost the most, um, when I, you know, I'm like, ask me anything or, or things like that, um, is like about not really feeling part of the nanny community. And I think that things like this are a really lovely way to feel part of the nanny community. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I feel like um, I'm, despite what most of my friends or even colleagues would think or say, I'm very introverted. It takes a lot of my own personal energy to sort of put myself out there to ask people for things, to show up at nanny events. Um, I love it. I absolutely love it. I love the people and the experiences and the events, but it takes a lot out of me. So I can imagine how for other people who have very few connections in the industry, it would it would really be difficult for them. Um, so I always just tell people, just take the first step, just show up at your first international nanny training day. Just go up to one other person that you think is a nanny at the park and start a group chat, just, you know, figure out a way that is comfortable for you to make community. And then, you know, one day you might be attending a national event or donating to a national nonprofit, nanny nonprofit. Um, So I think that starting small is is such a great way to build community. Um, But also something like this, where it's really easy to just 
um, connect with us on any of our social media or um, through any of the board members personally, we're all pretty available and pretty out there to just say, hey, like I really want to um, to set up a, a little fundraiser for you guys in my hometown. What what should I do? We'd be super happy to walk you through that. And again, as we tell people, not everyone has has money to donate to Nanny Relief Fund. And we absolutely understand that because we're a nonprofit aimed at giving money away to people who don't have money. So we understand that. But for most people, you can share our information. You can like it. You can um, share it with your friends. You can say, hey, did you know about this? And your own little group chat or your own local nanny Facebook group. Um, so there's so many ways to incorporate Nanny Relief Fund into the community that you either already have or to help Nanny Relief Fund be kind of the launching point for building your own little nanny community. Um, and so I think all of those points are really lovely that uh, that we can that we can build community together. And this is Nanny Relief Fund is just a part of it. It's just like a, a small part of it. Um, but if we can be there for you know your events or to talk to you know your your group chat or whatever it is, we're always here to help. We're always here to be available um, to explain what the organization's about. We want to be really transparent about how the money is is used, where it's stored, everything. Um, and I promise all of our board members are very much so on the up and up about um, using money wisely. Almost every board member has at this point contributed a fairly significant amount of money on their own um, to start the organization, to keep it afloat when people, when the grants haven't been open, but we've received a particular story and we're like, oh, I, I cannot possibly sit by and idly watch this. Like, you know, we'll kind of get behind the scenes and be like, is there anything we can do? Who has 20 bucks, 50 bucks? Like, you know, we're always kind of, trust me, we are, we're a very clean, well-run organization. And I wouldn't say that on any kind of podcast or media at all. If I didn't believe that with my whole heart. Yeah. And I definitely know that to be true about you. Um, and this organization, um, I, yeah, I think that that is, is such a good point about like that, you could do a fundraiser, you know, in, in your hometown, uh, which would help create a community and then also like help highlight this to potentially non-nanny folks, you know, like I think that a lot of times, um, like we talked about before, because nannying is such a, um, invisible labor oftentimes. Um, I think that we get left out of a lot of conversations. Um, even the national childcare conversation that's going on right now, um, at times, I, even in that very like specific conversation about our jobs, I still see nannies getting left out of it. Um, and so I think that, you know, by calling attention to the nanny relief fund you're like the amount of of good you're doing with that post with that like with that talking about it on a group chat is exponential because it's not only raising awareness about this charitable organization but it's also raising awareness about this need that exists and is very real in the world um, for folks who are, you know, helping to raise the next generation. No, definitely. I think that, um, you know, if you go on any political leader person's social media or website, almost anywhere in the developed world, you're going to see something about childcare, about children, about schools, about um, what we can do to help daycare workers or teachers. And you're right, I think that in general, nannies are left out of that, whether it's a sort of old school thinking that nannies are just in the homes of the ultra, ultra elite and they would never need help, um, which of course, as we know, is, is wrong. There are nannies in all kinds of homes working for people who have all kinds of careers. And, um, and so I think that it's important that our leaders know that we exist. Um, and 
having a nonprofit, which hopefully will get 501c3 status at any time now. <laughs> we can only hope. We can only hope that our government will help us with that. Um, I think it will show leaders that that we're here and that we're here to take care of each other. And one of the things that we saw in 2020 is it really truly is us taking care of each other. And we would love to have companies and for-profit organizations say, hey, we believe in your work too. And we're here to step in and we work in the same space as you, whether it's baby food or diapers or um, what have you. Uh, we're here to support you too, because we understand the importance of this work. So I think that it's, it's long overdue for uh, national and global leaders and companies to to recognize our work and like I said if Nanny Relief Fund can be just just be a tiny part of that then we'd be super happy to we're happy to talk to any leader or any CEO at any time you just connect us yes um yeah hear that leaders and CEOs uh and reach out um well, r- right now for this particular round of fundraising, you all are doing uh, a walkathon. Tell me about that. Yes. So the walkathon, this is our second annual walkathon. The first idea was last year. Again, after people had been kind of cooped up inside, going between home and work and having everything delivered. And, um, you know, that first year of the pandemic. It, it, it all it seems so real but for me sometimes it also seems a little bit far away because we've just gotten into such a much better place the past few months but um during that first year we were like hey what is something what is like a fundraiser that we can do that's fun but also not super risky to people like we don't want people inside in the same room so the board came up with the idea of a walkathon because you could do it outside. Your employers would probably approve of it. You could be masked. You could um, potentially do it with your nanny kids if you wanted to. You could do it as a business. So it just seemed like a great idea in 2021 to do a walkathon. And we decided to continue it and that it would be our annual fundraiser spring when hopefully the weather is nice. Um, and so we're doing it just a little bit differently. Uh, our, our host kind of website is Charity Footprints, charityfootprints.com. We're running the fundraiser through them. Um, and our our goals collectively are we're trying to walk a thousand miles together. So hopefully between everyone who's walking in all these different places, all these different people, we can accomplish a thousand miles, which I really don't think is that hard. Like it would mean, you know, 500 people walking a total of two miles and the fundraiser runs for two weeks. The actual walking runs for two weeks from May 7th. So I feel like we can definitely do a thousand miles. I'm pretty sure this was Shannon Doan Davis's idea because she really likes that song, Thousand Miles by, is it Vanessa Carlton? Mm, is that the girl? I think so. Now? I think so. Um, and so she secretly loves that song, not so secretly anymore. And so I think <laughs> that's where she came up with the a thousand miles idea. And our fundraising goal total financially is $35,000, which um, we thought was pretty conservative, but we also wanted something that we could definitely get done. And that's how much it's going to take to open our next round of grants, uh, our next round of grant applications. Um, quickly, right, right off the bat, um, a company called Engine Hire, who works mostly with nanny agencies, came in to be our like platinum top of the line sponsor and they sponsored us $5,000. So immediately that number went down to $30,000. And then several nanny agencies came on board really quickly. Again, Adventure Nannies and My Girl Friday. Other um, nanny agencies came on, uh, educated nannies in California and said, hey, we're definitely gonna, gonna be a sponsor and do you know big numbers for you. And so they've come on as well. We're always looking for nanny agencies to come on at a sponsorship level. And you can find that kind of information on our social media um, pages, our Facebook and Instagram, about how you can be a sponsor for the Walkathon and have your name on some of our like advertising and, and things like that. So, but yeah, to either our pages or charityfootprints.com slash NRF Walkathon spring 2022, I think that's pretty any any of our social media about to find the nanny really fun walkathon um at charity footprints there's just a page you can go and you can sign up um it's a pretty low entry fee i think it's 15 dollars. that's that's like half the prices it was last year 
Um, so you can sign up for $15. You get a little like, um, you know how in like walking, running races, they have that, that bib, that paper that they like tacked themselves. Yeah. Um, a digital one. And so you can put that on your own social media or, um, you know, people love to post what they're doing and, and things, great things that they're doing. You can post it as um, a profile picture or whatever. And they're, so yeah, it starts at $15, which is super reasonable. You can create a team. I think um, I'm not a super competitive person just personally, but there are a lot of people out there who are like competitive people. <laughs> um, good for y'all. Start a team. Go and like be like, oh, hey, um, Salt Lake City nannies, we're going to have a team and we're going to challenge Denver nannies to who can raise the most money. And so you can create a team um, where you can all sort of layer your fun, all the things that you've raised under one team and challenge other people, East Coast versus West Coast, um, nanny agency in town versus nannies in town. Um, so you can create teams to, to walk together, to raise money together, uh, to take pictures and tag them on Instagram together, all those kinds of things. So that is sort of the, the basis of this fundraiser. Am I missing anything, Martha? What have I, what have I not explained well? <laughs> No, I think that that is all uh, is all really, really well said. Um, will you say the dates one more time? It's May 7th through May 21st or the actual walking. But you can sign up um, now until, gosh, I probably you can probably sign up through May 7th. I may yeah. have to get back to you on that. That should be information I have. Um but well, that's I think okay. kind of probably all, like right up and through the, the start date. And we wanted time to be able to kind of people up, get people hyped, get people to, you know, join their team. So in May, when it's the two weeks of walking days, um, then you can choose to walk at your leisure again, um, whether it's in a stroller with your nanny kids, whether it's on the weekends with your nanny group, um, whether it's at, uh, you know, you all decide to meet up at the park on one Saturday and walk to and talk about just nannying in general. Wanted to give people lots of options and lots of timetables because we know May 7th weather in Houston is not going to be the same May 7th in Chicago. So um, we wanted to give people lots of time and opportunities to, to walk and to raise money and to spread the word and just learn more about Nanny Relief Fund. Yeah, I love that. Um, so yes, all of the links uh, that Rachel has mentioned are down in the show notes. So if you're driving or doing dishes or whatever, um, don't worry, you don't have to write it down. You can just click down in the show notes um, and it will take you right there. I have already signed up. I'm super excited about this. Um, if any listeners uh, want to like walk at the same time as I do or like, do an Instagram live DM me. Um, I'll, I'll start trying to put something together too, um, to try to get folks, um, more involved. Um, but yeah, DM me. Cause I would love to like walk at the same time as some other nannies. Um, and I do appreciate what you said, Rachel, about the weather because, um, it's maybe going to snow here tonight. Um, you know, so no, I know. I don't think it's going to like stick or really accumulate, but we are like still cold enough here to snow. Um, So hopefully that changes by May 7th. Um, But yeah, I, I think that this is just such a fun way to all be, there's something so powerful about doing something collectively like this. And even if you're like, well, my $15 isn't going to make a difference. I'm here to tell you it absolutely does. Um, your $15 or 25 or whatever you can, um, put forth for this, um, will absolutely make a difference. And if money is tight right now, which I completely 100% get, um, advertising for it um, and and getting the word out about this also really serves our entire community. Um, 
So if, if you are not able to give in a monetary sense right now, um, using your social media platform or your friendship with other nannies, um, to help spread the word, you know, like you tell one person and then they tell one person and then it just spreads like wildfire. That's, that's exactly what we want. Definitely. Again, I think that sometimes we get in our own little bubble of our nanny world and we know who we know, and we think that's a good portion of the community. Community, It's just so completely not. There are people everywhere who have no idea about the larger nanny organizations, the get-togethers, the community that we've built. And so trust me, if you just tell one person out there who's, you know, you know is struggling with money, hey, there's, there's this organization called Nanny Relief Fund. They're doing a fundraiser right now. Maybe when their grants open up, I'll email you their, their, the link for their application. Or um, let's post it in our group chat. Let's post it in our little local Facebook group. Um, you know, then there are going to be some nannies that are going to be like, hey, we can we can get together a little group to walk on, you know, oh, a Saturday in May. Um, we can go to our park. We can get a stroller walk together. We can, we can put $15 in. That's easy. Uh, I think all of that helps, no matter what side you're on. Fundraising side, needing a grant side. If you can help us with advertising and in your groups, on your social media, in person, we would love any and all of that. It, again, like what you talked about earlier, it just helps build community. Yeah, yeah. If um, someone is listening and let's say they are um, interested in getting in touch with you to do something um, on a bigger scale, you know, organizing an event in their hometown on top of the walkathon or, um, you know, getting a group together and they, they would love a little bit of guidance from you. How can, um, a listener get in touch with you to make sure that, uh, they're working with you to create the, you know, the, the best thing for the nanny relief fund. Sure. Um, I would say a general email to info at nannyreleaffund.org would be helpful. My personal email is rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L, at nannyreleaffund.org. Um, and I check that, you know, multiple times a week. And the info at is checked, again, multiple times a week. Someone is always checking our social media sites. Um, you'll feel free to, to write us a message, either in like a message, messenger kind of message, or on our walls, or um, under one of our posts, any of that, someone will get back to you. Probably multiple people will get back to you. We'll be <laughs> talking behind the scenes about how we can help you. Um, well, we can definitely help you, um, help you get a fundraiser going, uh, whether it's if you need, you know, our, our logos or us to make you some flyers, trust me, we're happy to do that. We're happy that you at all are just interested in helping us and helping the nanny community at large. Yeah. Yeah, that's right on. Um, I love that. So yeah, listeners, if you're out there and you're like, cool, I definitely want to do the walkathon. And I also, uh, love organizing things. I, I know so many nannies, myself included, who like, I really enjoy organizing social things, uh, especially for a good cause. So, um, if you are one of those folks, um, who wants to use their extroverted powers for good, um, get in touch with, uh, Rachel and the nanny relief fund, because, um, they we can use, you know, as much help as they can get. So, uh, is there anything else, Rachel, that you were hoping that we would really get to touch on that we haven't talked about yet? I think we've got it, Martha. I think we, I think we've done it. Yes. I love it. Um, and listeners, if you are listening and you, um, have any questions and like, you can't remember exactly how, or you don't know how the show notes work or whatever, um, please, you can also DM me and I will get you the links or get you in touch with who you need to get in touch with. So if you get stuck at any step of the process, um, and you're like, oh, I know they said something about this, but I don't have time to go like listen again or whatever. Um, please reach out to me because I, I, I would love to help connect you with um, the right folks. Um, if that is 
I don't, I don't ever want you getting stuck on a step to be the reason that you don't, um, either get the, you know, the ability to apply for the grant or whatever. I, I don't want you to get stuck on any step. I'm happy to help. Um, so just throwing that out there as well. Um, if any of this thank is you, Martha, for like podcast and like always being a really great supporter of ours. Um, you know, it's really easy for us to know kind of personally within, within Nanny Really Fun, the people who are just always there for us, who always like our posts, who frequently repost them, who tell people about it in groups, you know, the tags come up and we can see who does that. And so I just wanted to thank you personally for just being one of those people who is always looking for the good in our community, who is always looking for the positive, who is always the first one to share great things that other nannies do in just such a selfless and uplifting way. I really appreciate you in this community. And I just wanted to say that. Oh, thank you. That's really meaningful. And I, I do, um, you know, this year with my internship and being in school, I'm not able to be as like involved in awesome things like you're doing, um, as hands-on as I would like to be. Um, and so being able to just help raise up voices of folks who are out there doing the work that, um, I'm looking forward to having time to do again after graduation. Um, it, it, it fills my cup. So I, I want to make sure to keep doing that. And then once I graduate and get some of my time back, um, I am excited to contribute in a, in a more hands-on way too. So, um, I really appreciate all the work that you do for the nanny community. Um, not only with nanny really fun, but with INA and, and all the different ways. I mean, I, I know that there's more that I don't even know about because you are, such a, a background, really hard worker. You just do things that are wonderful for the community um, in the background. So I appreciate that as well. Thank you. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, my pleasure. And um, yes, if you have any questions, um, please reach out to the Nanny Relief Fund, info at Nanny Relief Fund, but also you're welcome to reach out to me and I can get you in touch with anyone. Um, yeah. Thank you all so much for listening to this. Like if you are still listening at this point, I just, I really appreciate the way that the nanny community shows up for each other. Um, it, it is so wonderful to witness the way that the nanny community um, continually shows up for each other and, and knows that, you know, we each could, uh, need help at any given moment. So, um, I really, really appreciate the way that y'all show up for each other. Thank you. Um, and then Rachel, we end each episode with a cute, fun story. Um, and, and I think you brought one. Yeah. I don't know if it's like a whole story, but this yeah. past week, um, I took my nanny kids to Disney on ice it was around the time of one of my charges birthdays. She turned six and my other charge is two and a half. And I, um, you know, I told her parents, Hey, we should, I want to take them. And they were like, yeah, of course that sounds great. So I took them to Disney on ice. And, um, I had been a few years ago when my six-year-old was, I think two and a half at that point. And we had a great time, but this time it felt, I don't know, something felt different, I guess, probably because it was a little, like we were able to go and be in, a big room full of people watching enter live entertainment the first time in a really long time. And, um, and I had the best time. Like I watched my nanny kids faces and I was like, okay, yeah, y'all seem like you're having a good time, but me, I'm having an amazing time. Some of my first live entertainment memories where I think of, um, like a Disney in-person kind of event, not, not at a theme park or anything like that. Um, like maybe like Disney was hosting like a gymnastics competition or something. And I just remember how amazed the, the production was, right? Everything, production value was super high, lights and sounds and um, people and amazing athleticism. And the skating on this particular show is 
amazing way better than I remembered the Disney on ice to be the skating was really amazing and I just I was it was so it's such a fun I love full circle moments like I had said at the top of the show like I love when things from my childhood I get to then do with my nanny kids and mm-hmm. and kind of relive it myself but also see it through their eyes and it was just such a fun thing and I would encourage nannies out there to take something really fun or really memorable from their childhood and see if they can recreate it in some way with their nanny kids because not only are you going to have a good time like in that moment but also remembering your childhood but hopefully you'll give them one of those kind of pivotal memories that they can take forward to and my guess is that they'll see you having fun and they'll be like wow like my nanny is really having fun and I think sometimes it's in the day-to-day of nannying and the grunt work of it, sometimes it's hard to be extremely, extremely joyful in a moment. And so just doing the things that I loved as a kid with my nanny kids, they get to see that part of me, um, which just makes the whole day, whole week, totally worth it. So it's not really a full story, but I just thought that was kind of fun to share. Just, you know, get out there and do like your absolute favorite things that brought you so much joy as a child and bring that to work with you. And it'll be the best day at work. Oh, I love that. I think that is a full story um, with a moral and everything, because, yeah, I think that that's such a good point. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I've been uh, I introduced some of my nanny kids to um, A Wrinkle in Time, and uh, it was such a joy for that for me to, like, watch them learn about this story that I loved so much as a kid. So I do totally get what you mean of like the full circle moments being extra powerful and extra like potent with joy. Um, that's, that's lovely. What can, can you say which show, like, was it like a medley or yeah, it was definitely a medley of things. They have like a new one every year. I think this is called Mickey's search party and they were searching for Tinkerbell who had been captured by um by some pirates and but in order to find Tinkerbell they had to unlock multiple like locks and they each were a different Disney story like one was Aladdin and one was Frozen and one was Toy Story and um Moana and things like that so there was like a three to five minute performance of part of that story and that unlocked like the next part of getting Tinkerbell out of away from the pirates um so you got to see like a little bit of a lot of stories um on ice which was just really fun they had kind of acrobatic stuff going on and like acrobatic stuff on ice and it was just it was really sometimes you're like where do I look there's so much amazing things going on I love shows like that yes I love that so much um, I got to look for if Disney on ice is coming to Chicago. I'm sure it does. Um, that sounds so, so fun. Um, thank you for sharing and thank you for taking the time today, Rachel. I really appreciate you walking us through all that and, um, helping to spread the word. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you in two weeks. The Chronicles of Nania is produced and hosted by Martha Tyler. Artwork by Noni Blastodon. Theme music by Brad Kemp. Find him at secondbedroomstudios.com. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Chronicles of Nania and on Twitter at Nania Podcast. To contact us, email chroniclesofnania at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. This show has been brought to you by Machine Culture.